professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense, dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Hulk Hogan! Bad News Brown! Action Smash Demolition! Hakeem the African Dream! The Red Rooster! And Jake the Snake Roberts! Welcome to Wrestling History X! Where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 25, Royal Rumble 1989. No partners. 30 opponents. Was there some dots in there? Yeah, there's some dots. I made the dots. Ellips- ellipses. Uh, el- yeah, ellipses. Yeah, no partners. No, no, no dosy doing. No dosy doing? No. But I mean, isn't an Irish whip kind of a dozy dozy? <laughs> 30 opponents this time, not just 20 like last year. Oh my God, I is, got a bone to pick with that shit. As this is the <laughs> second annual Royal Rumble produced by the WWF, but the first to be held on pay-per-view. Oh yeah, the last one was like a... It was, it was a cable special. It was a to, freemium. To combat against the bunkhouse stampede. Yeah. Less said about that show, the better. <laughs> it was held uh, at the Summit in Houston, Texas on January 15th, 1989. And the attendance was 19,000 people. It's a lot of guys. Uh, the Summit is a nice name for a venue. Do you know what the Summit is now? No. It is a huge effing church. Really? It's yeah. like one of those like mega church, life church yes. type of things? Yeah. Uh, like a non-denominational church that... like. Basically, there's like I think it's you like Lake, live YouTube and stuff. church or yeah. something like that in Houston. Huh, weird. But yeah, like uh, they bought the church, like after the they built their new arena in Houston. Yeah, it's and just so, cool. And so the Rockets and them don't play there anymore. Yeah, it's cool whenever you get uh, a venue that's not called like. When I was a kid, it was the Arco Arena because I was in uh, yeah. Sacramento, so it's like that's like fucking gas station. Here it's like Chesapeake, but like when it's not just named after a gas station or like a fucking like triple a like or like you know back in the 80s they still did that but nowadays it's all about them it's all about the money yeah yeah they so just, just like it's just being called, called Ted like the, the summit it's like oh that's sounds like a it's oh like we're we gonna go catch uh fucking zeppelin at the summit that sounds cool that sound pretty cool so other things that were happening around january 15th florida would execute ted bundy Oh. The next week. I get all my serial killers mixed up, but, uh, I mean, 89, sure. It's not like he didn't have it coming to him. No, definitely not. I never remember, like, which one's Ted Bundy? Is he the guy that ate people or the uh, other He, uh, six women, or, like, that. that's what he was electrocuted for. Was Yeah, who's for, the... Executed for, not really. Probably was electrocution, but I'm not sure. Uh, he, like, did something with, like, six women, assaulted six women or something like that. Yeah, some, something horrendous. Well, I shouldn't say assault. I should say murder. Murdered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not. Uh, I get it mixed up with. He's was he? He's not the gay guy, right? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know a lot oh, about. Yeah. I was hope I put it in I'm, there, hoping maybe you know more about serial killers. No, I but. don't. I find it like I. I find it like interesting to a point, but I find it kind of gross when people get really like, "Oh, I really like serial killers." Like, you fucking like them? You fucking weirdo? Like, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not uh, trying to shame anybody, but. I don't want to hear about horrendous shit. We're definitely not going to be number one on the true crime podcast. No, no. This one. True crime is interesting, but gross shit's gross. Don't 
don't give these fucking don't don't idolize these people don't walk around with shirts with charles manson on them bad guy he's a bad guy anyway and that was my take you to the summit moment (laughs) thank you i'm gonna preach on it and uh, kelly marie tran aka rose in the last jedi would be born a few days after this show Uh, what else has she been in not a lot of anything else. Okay. I uh, have strong opinions about The Last Jedi, but they don't matter because Star Wars doesn't matter. I, want, I wanted to hear your opinions uh, on The Last Jedi. Uh, it's not good. I think the beginning of the movie was pretty good. Which one are you going to be more upset about? Me not liking Rick Steiner's promo from last week, or me disagreeing with your Last Jedi take? Oh, the Rick Steiner thing, because having a hot <laughs> Star Wars take is about as boring as people saying they like serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like ugh, Star Wars is I like Star Wars as much as some people. <laughs> but no, I mean I'm gonna I'll watch the next one. But after that, I might be out. After the next one, you'll be out. Well, I mean it's I gotta finish the the series. I gotta see if they can fucking figure this out because I think that uh, the real true crime is <laughs> is the Last Jedi. No, I'm mad at you. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Well, let's get to the show instead of talking about Star Wars. We get the WWF logo and a video package showing many of the participants for the show with narration by Vince McMahon. I love Vince narration. I also love the uh, the lightning, like where it hits each part of the like because the the logo is stacked. It's like this W and the W, and they both make the F or whatever. Yeah. But it, like the lightning strikes the dub, the small W and then the big W, and then it strikes and it like illuminates the F. It's really cool. And then the Royal Rumble logo on the screen before being welcomed by Gorilla and Jesse. Oh, and, thank God. And they preview the matches that we will see tonight. Thank God for these two men. They are your favorites, aren't you? They just make everything fun. No matter what's are gonna, happening. Are you going to be sad the day that Jesse leaves? Of course I will. Even though it's Bobby the Brain Heenan that takes over? How's Bobby on commentary? There are people that stand for... Bob. For Gorilla and Bobby more than Gorilla and Jesse. Well, you guys are just going to have to stick around and find out how I feel. Because I'm sure I've watched some matches, but like full shows or like extended amount of, of time. Because like a lot of this stuff we've like seen clips of or seen or maybe some it's of these. Been some Bobby. Or seen some of these matches, but uh, the whole idea is to watch it in order and create, create a context for ourselves. Exactly, exactly. So. I'll be interested to see that, because I love Bobby's lisp. I think it's adorable. So we're going to head off to the first match. We got Dino Bravo and the Fabulous Rejoes of Jacques and Raymond, with Frenchie Martin and Jimmy Hart in their corner, versus Hackshaw, Jim Duggan, and the Hart Foundation in a two out of three falls match. (laughs) Can't believe you actually gave the hoe. I did it before fun. Since he's your favorite. He's... My feelings for Hexaw. I don't know why I hate him, but I fucking hate him. I wish I didn't. So before the match starts, you see Duggan and Hart Foundation. They like salute the flag. And, it's so weird. And then give a, you know, Hexaw's call. You already did it, so I'm not going to yeah, follow yeah. along. I mean, yours will be better. But Match starts and Anvil hits a clothesline, but misses an elbow drop. But no, the, the, the Hart's doing the, the um, USA stuff is weird. It is very weird. Like, I literally, as I was watching it, because, like, basically... It continues I, I, I didn't later write on. The story be- later I didn't write on. the story behind the match, because basically all these are just feuds. But, like, Dino Bravo and Hacksaw have been feuding. 
Hacksaw is basically an American patriot, and he's been feuding with all the foreign heels. So his tag partners. So then he are went and got Canadian faces mm-hmm. because they're not heels. So why didn't he have the, okay Why didn't he have like the Canadian. Rockers? Exactly. I, it, I was like, I understand because because the Rajos and the Hart Foundation have been feuding, so it made sense. But at the same time, it's like they're Canadian. Yeah, it's one of those things that's like it's like. Fuck it. Nobody will remember. <laughs> so, like, so he's like, oh, just throw them in there. We remember. Yeah. He didn't know the internet. He didn't know we were. He didn't know that there was going to be the internet and assholes that talk on it like us. Exactly. Match starts. Anvil hits a clothesline but misses an elbow drop. Then Bravo goes for a jumping elbow drop of his own that misses as well. We get a USA champ breaking out as t- Duggan is tagged in. Hacksaw with a power slam and running knee drop on Raymond. Hart's thrown into the ropes, hurdles Raymond, stops and goes for a small package, a sunset flip, and a crossbody, all for two counts. Jacques is whipped into the ropes and flips over Brett, but Hart then lays him out with a clothesline. Hart has Jacques in the corner when Raymond jumps in, but is tossed into the corner as well. Anvil is then giving shoulder blocks to both men when Bravo and Duggan jump in the fray, and Dino is put into the corner as well, where Neidhart and Hacksaw join together for more shoulder blocks to all three. It's fun. It's fun stuff. I mean, it's a traditional Andre spot that they did. Instead, yeah. Which, so it made it super fun. Jacques then tosses Hart towards the ropes, and Raymond pulls them down, sending Brett to the floor. Bravo with a side suplex and the Le Bombe de Rougeau, which is a bear hug, Seated Sinton combo from the Rajos. Okay, because, like, I don't. Did they say that on the show? He does. What is the name of this movie? Le Bomb de Rajot. Le Bomb de Rajot. The Bomb. The, bo- the Rajot Bomb. Yeah, it's very funny. Let's yeah. continue. Sorry. It's just very weird. It's not weird. It's just silly. And Jacques makes the pin, which gives Bravo and the Rajos a 1 0 lead in this 2 out of 3 First balls ball. match. Yep. And they celebrate as It was a really cool, really cool way to get your first pin. Yeah, totally. It was cool. It was good. They celebrate as we get a replay of the pin. And Hitman's still recovering when the referee starts the match. Because, you know, whoever finishes the match has, has to, to restart. The has match. to restart. And who's going to tell us that? Jesse. And Gro. Yeah, and they're, they're here. They're here. Yeah, they're here to let us know. The Rizzo's are working Brett over with a clothesline, slamming his head against turnbuckles, whipping him shoulder first into the opposite turnbuckle. Lots of quick tags and double team action. We get another USA chant, and this is where Jesse mentions that Hart's from Canada, as he calls out the <laughs> irony of it as well. Uh, love you, bud. Bravo. I kind of wonder if Je- uh, if uh, Vince was in the back, like shut, shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up. up. Yeah. I mean, that's Jesse though. Bravo has Hart in a bear hug, but Brett escapes with some right hands. Hart with a sunset flip on Jacques for a two count. Bravo then tosses Brett to the ropes and swings for a clothesline that Hart ducks. But it seemed like he got clipped by it? Yeah, they sell that a little bit too. It's like, uh, like, mm, a tiny little botch, little baby botch. Yeah. Jacques puts Brett into a Boston Crab, but he crawls his way to his corner for the hot tag. But Raymond had come into the ring and the ref is distracted, getting him back to the apron so he never sees the tag. And doesn't allow Neidhart into the ring. Raymond has Hitman in an ab stretch and gets some leverage by grabbing hold of Jacques' hand. Hart's then tossed to the corner and Jacques goes for a monkey flip. 
but Hitman holds on to him and gives Rougeau an atomic drop. Brett makes his way to the corner finally for a real hot tag. Hacksaw with punches, elbows, double noggin knockers, a power slam, a slingshot splash from both members of the Hart Foundation, <laughs> and a final elbow drop by Duggan on Raymond for the pin. And the match is tied at one fall apiece. Match restarted and Duggan's pounding away on Raymond, but decides to go hit Bravo and Jacques, and they overpower him with all three men getting in some hits on Hacksaw. Duggan's draped across the middle rope and Jacques starts bouncing on the top of his head from the apron, basically looking like dangling his nuts on the back of his <laughs> neck. And the other two join in on the attack. The, yeah, the, the top rope teabag. <laughs> Bravo slams Duggan's head into the turnbuckle multiple times, but on the third one, Hacksaw no-sells it, starts marching around the ring, and is about to hit Bravo when Jacques grabs him from behind. Duggan's then Irish whipped, and Jacques gives a drop kick and then another triple team in the corner. Bravo with the atomic drop to Hacksaw that sends him flying, but to his own corner for a tag to the hitman. It's good. It's fucking it's, it's good shit. Hart going after Bravo, an atomic drop on Jacques, backbreaker, and goes to the second rope, but Raymond knocks him off to the mat. Anvil in attacking Raymond while Brett pushes Bravo towards the ropes for a schoolboy. But Dino holds onto the ropes. Hacksaw then grabs his 2x4, hits Dino in the back, which we don't completely see, and Harp crawls over on top of him for the pin and the win. The Rougeaus had tried to break it up, but they were just a second too late. More faces doing heel shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like it probably will It happen. Like, when does that stop? I don't know. We'll see if any more faces in these next couple shows <laughs> some shit. Oh, is the Hulk Hogan going to be on any of them? Uh, oh. That's who I was talking about. <laughs> okay, cool. So next we go to some pre-recorded comments from participants in the Royal Rumble. But the, the, there's, there's, there's some good stuff in here. They're picking, basically this first segment, they're all picking numbers for the Rumble from a bingo tumbler. Yeah. And DiBiase and Virgil are first up, and DiBiase says, Time has arrived for the million-dollar hand to pick the million-dollar number. He sees what number he gets. He doesn't seem to really like it. No, not a happy man. And so he yells at Slick Just a million off screen and looks to offer him a good deal. We then get Honky Tonk Man. He doesn't like his number either. The Bushwhackers, first time seeing them. Yeah, we'll Bushwhackers talk, we'll talk mm, more about them later. don't really much matter. <laughs> uh, they're fighting over who gets to draw first, and they both like their numbers, and then swap them. Uh, Bad News Brown laughs after he sees his number. It's good news for bad, bad news. news. And then Jake Roberts, Damien, pulling their number, and he's just hope Andre is still in there when we get there. Rockers pull their numbers, and they tell each other, good luck, shake hands. And we're headed off to our second match. Rockin' Robin versus Judy Martin for the WWF Women's Championship. And neither of them have managers? Neither one of them have managers. Hmm. Alright. For some reason, oh, I was watching a bunch of, like, like Bull Nakano matches the other day. Mm-hmm. While I was, like, waiting around to go do something. And just, like, and so I kept seeing old, old Luna. So I got it mixed up in my head. Ah. 
Gorilla mentions as Robin's coming to the ring that she's coming out to Sam Houston's music. But I don't think it probably is. Is it? I mean, I don't know if that's what it was on the network or not, but he mentions it. Uh, I didn't catch that, which is weird because I'm the Sam Houston mark. We've mentioned it a couple times that Rockin' Robin and Sam Houston are stepbrother and stepsister. Oh, okay. I was thinking Sam Houston's married to Precious, but I forgot about the other thing. He has a whole other side of the family. We then see Sensational Sherry in the ring, and she takes the mic and challenges the winner because she's more woman than either or both of you you together. together. Yeah. And Sherry joins Gorilla and Jesse on commentary as the match gets going. It's a very back-and-forth match. Sherry brings up the Jumping Bomb Angels! Yes, I do love that. That was the highlight of this match. This match is fine. It's there's no there's no angel in the ring. Martin tosses Robin to the ropes, ducks a clothesline on her way back, returns with a crossbody, but Judy catches her and slams her to the mat. See, that's good. We like that, right? Yeah, it was good. Sensational Sherry at some point calls somebody a little termite. You little termite. I'm sure it was Rockin' Robin. And yeah, well, of course she does. It's yeah, Rockin' Robin's very it's small. Very tiny. <laughs> but yeah, it just her the way she says. Like, think little... of how tiny Sam Houston is. And think of a woman version of that. <laughs> and that's Rock and Roll. But, yeah, you little termite. I found that to be, like, somehow a very cute thing to call somebody. Even though, like, it's like, ah, it's not cockroach. Termites aren't, I don't know. You little termite. Just so many other things she could have said and picked the word termite. And I like it. Robin with some elbow drops on the leg of Martin and then rolls her over into a Boston Crab. Martin flips Robin over for a pin attempt, but the champion then flips Judy over for a pin attempt of her own. Martin with a horrible-looking small package for a two-count. <laughs> Be nice. And then Robin tosses Martin to the ropes and goes for a drop kick, but Judy holds on to the ropes. Robin pushes Martin to the ropes to go for a schoolgirl, but again Judy holds on to the ropes. And then we get an Irish whip and a clothesline to get a... <laughs> you just said schoolgirl. <laughs> It's not a schoolboy. I know. I know, but it's fucking funny. Irish whip in a clothesline gets a two count for Martin. Judy then tosses Robin to the ropes, who comes off, and they look like they botched something, but Robin turns it into a DDT. (sighs) A DDT was kind of nasty. Which her older brother should be proud of. Yeah. Jake Jake Snake. Snake. And that gets a two count. Martin goes for a jumping elbow drop, but Robin moves. More near falls before Robin is thrown to the corner and jumps to the second rope. Fakes jumping off, and Martin ducks. I love that spot. Just saying. I think that spot rules. It was good. It was even better when Coco Beware did it on the last WWE hey, show. Hey, hey. At Survivor Series. But that was a, a girl fake instead of a boy fake. Oh. Judy stands back up. Roman comes off with the crossbody for the pin and the win. So you would think, after this match... Mm-hmm. We saw Sensational Sherry challenge the winner. Yeah. And then we had this match at the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. WrestleMania. We'll see that match. That match happens on a episode of Primetime Wrestling. That is, this is them getting away from women's wrestling for a little while. And then the belt disappears. Until what? Until, Until Alondra Blaze comes back? Or comes, comes uh, up? Actually, I think it's Jacqueline and Sable. No, no, because the pink belt is like in the 90s with... The one that Alundra Blaze uh, took with her and dropped in I think WCW. it's originally, I think, Bastion. Jacqueline and Sable fight over it. And then Alundra Blaze, I think, takes no, it's, it that's from... Alundra Blaze is way early. It's like early 90s. 
Okay, so live Googling on air. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, I'm, I'm wrong. Michael is correct. Alundra Blaze, I guess, was 93. Jacqueline and Sable were 98. Yeah, yeah. I just had my... B- believe me. What I had read, I just got... You know what Alundra Blaze does someone, now? She's a Medusa? monster truck uh, driver? driver and producer of that fucking rules. shows and yeah. stuff like that. I bet I bet she rocks a, a a red hat, but I would still share a beer with her. What if she wore a blue hat? I'd still drink a beer with her. Okay. <laughs> she's still very attractive. Yeah, I know. She's always been a a, a, a good looking uh, lady, and uh, she that bull and Nakano match. Well, I mean, we'll get to it in fucking seven years, but uh, there's a there's a really good match with her and Bull Nakano. I think it's on a SummerSlam. That's very fun. Okay. Cool. We then get the announcement and logo for WrestleMania Five for April second, nineteen eighty nine. It's very bland. Oh, that's not the word for me. It's very like ominous. Yeah, it does like a weird sense. Like, oh, it's like yeah, it's like ah. I mean, not Led Zeppelin song, but it definitely has a very like like. It kind of feels like a, I don't know, like evangelical almost, where it's like it's this like bright. Like pink and purple, and it's got this like weird like sound, and it's it's funny. But they play it a lot. Yeah, we'll mention it a couple more times here. Uh, then we go to the back. Sean Mooney's there with the twin towers and Slick. Mooney asks about the accusations about Slick and Million Dollar Man, and then shows the footage of Slick and Million Dollar Man at the drawing to the towers, and no one seems to really. But you know what the best too upset. thing about all of this is? Tell me. This microphone cannot pick up my dance moves. <laughs> but Akeem is just like, he just, he, he's he been doing this for think a while. A, think of a Dusty Rhodes. Y- yeah, is but it, like, that's but. that's what he, they're making fun of. Yeah, but they're doing it in a really bad way. It's like not very, it's not a very good, but like, he's just like, like, I don't know, he's just moving his arm over and over again and like yeah, his head and he's like, arms, yeah, 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 yeah. Matt's doing it well. He's, Matt's got it. But yeah, it's very funny. And he just like keeps going over and over again to the point where. He's just like, it, it feels like he's waiting for the promo to be over. Because he is, he doesn't have a fucking personality, obviously. Neither him or Bossman do. <laughs> no, Bossman has more of one, for sure. Yeah. But, but like, they literally don't seem upset about that Slick traded away one of their numbers. No, because Akeem's dancing the whole time. And yeah. then Bossman, like, pats him on the chest, and they, like, look at each other, and then he keeps dancing. Uh, but Slick uh, Slick says one of my favorite lines probably I'm the night. Oh, that, that Ted DiBiase. <laughs> I thought you meant the homeboy from where I get my shoes signed. That's fucking good. Slick is is really fun. Slick's very fun. Uh, Akeem is hilariously bad. Akeem is very <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's just like... It's still more fun than One Man Gang. A One Man Gang is more fun than One Man But One Man Gang seems like a threat, but Akeem never feels like a threat. No. To me personally. So then Howard Finkel, we're back out in the ring, and Howard Finkel announces Mean Gene, which leads us to Ravishing Rick Rude versus Ultimate Warrior, not in a match. No, what could this be, Matt? But a super pose down. As far as I'm concerned, they're both posers. Oh! (laughs) Rude takes the mic and says, this pose down will prove not only that I am the best built man in the WWF, but I'm also the sexiest man alive. I mean, off mic, but 
who would you rather uh, hook up with? I feel like it's pretty. I, it's easy for me. It's recruit. Yeah, recruit. Yeah. <laughs> it's easily recruit. Warrior is super erratic, uh, a little too buff, and who knows what's under Drunk. that paint? Everyone knows he's a two pump man. <laughs> is that what they say? I don't know. But oh. he always oh, he yeah. does the ropes yeah, twice, yeah. Mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I get he's it. done. Yeah, recruit. Uh, he's, he's all about the he's all about the speed and mm-hmm. not about the yeah. If I was gonna take one of those, long. if I was gonna take one of those men uh, home, I would be ta- like, if I was gonna take one of them out to dinner with my mother, it would probably she be Rick Rude. A mustache. Yeah, my dad's always had a mustache. Checks out. Rick Rude is better looking than my father. We see a <laughs> we see a sign in the crowd that says "Repulsive Rick Crude." That's funny. I thought so too. <laughs> Warrior then makes his way to the ring. Uh, Heenan takes the mic at this point and says. And tries to, you know, butter up the crowd and says, mm-hmm. Houston is a very smart town. We'll see how smart they are. Yeah. So there's going to be four poses. And the crowd will cheer for whichever person. They, they don't have the cool meter. Like, uh, the, the, like, like, I guess it's a few years before we get on-screen meter technology. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Where it's like, it's like, oh, Singled Out started that, maybe? So the first pose is going to be a double bicep pose. And Rude starts posing, then Warrior does it. Crowd cheers for Warrior, which makes Rude mad. And between poses, Rude has this metal workout bar that he keeps bending. Uh huh. It's like, and like it's it's his... it's basically like a thigh master, but but it's for your arms. Yeah, exactly. We then get the second pose, and it'll be best abs, which is best abs a pose, or is it just a category? I mean, I guess you flex them. I don't know. Uh, Rude oils up and begins to pose. There's a lady that's pretty happy in the crowd that they show. Warrior then poses. The crowd cheers for Warrior once again. But I'll admit, I would have voted rude on this one. Just, just saying. Dude, uh, there's amazing... Uh, the other ones, the other ones, Warrior has the better muscles. Yeah. Overall, like bigger muscles. But not not abs, not, near, not nearly as an attractive uh, no. body. But Jesse, at one point, Jesse says, uh, make him wipe off the, the face paint. And girl asks, why is that? And Jesse says, because your face is part of your body. <laughs> and that's just like the, the the simple genius of in comedy of Jesse Ventura. Where it's like, oh, because your face is part of your body. And it's fucking hilarious. It's such a roundabout, amazing way to call somebody ugly. And it's fucking funny. Heenan then asks for 15 minutes so they can prepare for the next pose. But none of us have time for that. And no. Mean Gene knows it, so he's like... Oh, I honestly uh, don't have time for any of this. I don't think so. I mean, I do because I'm doing this now. But, like, holy shit. The third pose is most muscular. Both men pose again. Crowd cheers for Warrior. Rude starts doing some push-ups using his workout bar more. Yeah. Uh, the warrior, to, it's like, yeah. The Warrior growls at Rude, basically, so he can hurry up, you know. Fourth pose is a medley of poses. Both men do their poses. The crowd cheers for Warrior again. And Rude grabs his workout bars. Heenan sprays oil in Warrior's face and begins to attack him, leaving him laying in the ring. Warrior's then being helped to his feet from official, by officials from the back, and he starts going crazy and just attacking them and then takes off towards the locker room. It happened. Which is better, this or the Dino Bravo weightlifting challenge? From the previous Royal Rumble. Oh, this is better. 
I think that the best thing about the it doesn't take as long. It doesn't. It doesn't it's take. Better. It's better because it doesn't take as long. Also, the only good thing about the Dino Bravo thing is Ventura. Is Ventura selling it every single time he gets on the microphone and every single time Dino is on screen, like in a, in a match, it gets brought up like. That's the it, it, only it thing. Up, it got brought up in the Dino Bravo yeah. match earlier. That, earlier that, that, yeah. this show. It's like like that's, and I'm saying it's the best thing about it because like it's good for Dino and keeping him in people's minds, like career wise. Yeah. I'm not saying for me personally or whatever, but just like this is way better. It's way more fun. The banter is better. And then uh, who is it on the front? Because Rick Rude's got the best the best tights. It's a picture of himself. Oh, yeah, it's himself on the front, and his ass is uh, UW, Ultimate Warrior, and it's good. These are better than his uh, doo-doo pants, where he had, like, the yellow pants that looked like somebody smeared shit all over him with their hands. It was pretty good. So, again, we get another shot of that WrestleMania Five logo and the Omnis. I don't know. I can't remember how it goes. He just hit, like, two keyboard notes, one and then the other one, and you got it. And then we get some pre-recorded, some more pre-recorded comments, this time from managers of some participants in the Royal Rumble. Oh, you mean like heels? And then uh, Mr. one of them's Mr. Fuji, and he says, there can only be one winner. Me, Master Fuji. And I'm like, you're, you're, you're not out of the match, match. Master it's Fuji. not going to be you. I still like you, though. He's got the eye makeup on. That's mm-hmm. fun. Mean Jean's talking to Elizabeth. She says she'll be cheering for both of the Mega Powers and doesn't want to think about it if they have to go up against each other. Love you, Liz. Jimmy Hart then talks up Valent- uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Honky Tonk Man. When you mess with the bull, you get the horn. Such a good line. Yeah, it's, it's good. And we're back out in the ringside. Jesse's sitting on a throne saying only one man can occupy it. As we head to our third match, King Haku with Bobby Heenan versus Harley Race. Bum, bum, bum. For the King of the Ring crown and cape. Now, Bobby Heenan was actually the manager for both men, but he came out with King Haku. And King Haku was brought out sitting on a throne carried by four men. And Haku is standing on that platform and the, with the throne, admiring his kingdom. And then when Race makes his way to the ring and just pushes it over and dumps Haku to the floor. It's awesome. Race then slams Haku's head into the ring post before rolling him into the ring. They're both wearing purple, which is fun. Because that's the like, King of the Ring color, yeah. yeah. And, like, yeah, Harley Race has, like, the big crown on half of his ass. Heenan keeps switching who he's rooting for as he's the manager for both. After a race clothesline that sends Haku to the floor, Harley gives chase, but is thrown into the ring post. We get some thrust kicks and shoulder blocks by Haku before an Irish whip to the corner where Race does a flare flip. The two men start trading headbutts. Race with a clothesline and a pile driver for a two count. The two men run into each other. Haku is staggered while Race tries to do his rocking chair in the rope spot that he does, but he ends up falling through to the floor. Haku gives a vertical suplex to Race to bring him back into the ring and goes for a jumping elbow, but Harley moves. Race with a vertical suplex of his own before tossing Haku to the floor. And Harley follows out, looks to give a pile driver on the floor, but Haku turns it around for a backdrop. Haku then ramps, races back into the apron multiple times. Harley finally hits the pile driver on the floor, but doesn't have enough to roll Haku back in. 
Haku takes control with some chops, a shoulder block, a scoop slam before heading to the top rope. And he comes off with a falling headbutt, but Race moves. Harley's now up on the second rope and goes for a falling headbutt of his own, but Haku moves. Both men are down, struggling to get up. Race tosses Haku to the ropes. Haku ducks a clothesline, and as Race returns, Haku hits the savant kick for the pin and, and the, the win. win. And some sad news. Mm-hmm. This would be Harley Race's final pay-per-view appearance as a wrestler. It's not the worst one to go out on, but it's not his best performance earlier. I feel like he kind of had to rise to what Haku's able to do, but also Haku kind of had to like back off a little bit. I love this match. Really? It was a great, just old school type match. It, I, I like it for sure. Harley, I mean, Harley but, was carrying Haku. Haku couldn't really do a match on his own. He was. No, yeah, I mean, he he can do the moves, but not the like maybe like put it together. Yeah, and putting it together. No, the psychology is all fantastic. It's just kind of hard, like. But I mean, you can see Harley's right, uh, Harley's age. Yeah, yeah. In this match, but I still felt like no. It the was storytelling a, is fucking amazing. It was a great match. Yeah, right? storytelling absolutely is absolutely great. It. Yeah, but I feel like that. I guess Harley Race being older and slower and somebody like Haku that can like move like a motherfucker that it yeah. kind of like that something kind of broke down for me but the storytelling it was there it's definitely there the storytelling's been there kind of on this whole show I mean we haven't seen too many Harley Race matches that's true obviously we saw Hillman Flair at Starcade 83 yeah. I mean this is kind of a super condensed like NWA style singles match it's very much an NWA it's like they cut all the match. fucking fat but like that's, I mean that's, that's fucking Harley Race. But as I talked about last episode and in the Starcade '83 episode, didn't really care for that race flare match because of Gene Kaminsky. Yeah, yeah. Blood's boiling. Just I know, thinking I know about you hate it. it so much. Doesn't but, bother me near. So I think this might be my favorite Harley Race match that I've yeah. seen. I mean, uh, I, it I, is. It's go, nice. I want to go see more. Just it's because it's really nice because like matches, this but. is like. There's no fat, but there's also no like comedy. I don't need comedy from these guys. I don't either. But I'm just saying that we get things that are even if they're not like, you know, the comedy chuckle, is Heenan chuckle. switching back and forth. Yeah, that's for them. yeah. That's but that's all I need. But that's also but that's also drama. <laughs> like that's not that's not straight comedy. It's also drama. This isn't Rikishi's butt cheeks. So we get another look at the WrestleMania logo, and then we go to some <sighs> trying more. To, trying to see if I can find. I can't make. It. You're not going to be able to get I, I that I can't note. sing. I, no, definitely not. We get some more pre-recorded comments. First up, Brutus Beefcake. A barber, Brutus the Barber. The Barber Beefcake. Beefcake. Sorry. A barber always carries the tools of his trade, and the only tools I need are these two, two hands. Fists. Yeah, it's, it's good. Me against uh, everyone. And then he says, he says something about Soul Survivor, and I was like, did you get your Soul paper? Survivor. Did you get your pay-per-views mixed up? There, yeah. Uh, this isn't Survivor I, I think he says, like, meat slabs at some point. I think so. And that's pretty good. It was either him or Valentine, which was next. Because yeah. both of them basically had the same exact promo, basically. Bruce um, is better, unfortunately. <laughs> Valentine can't trust anybody, even Jimmy Hart and Honky Tonk. Uh, we get the powers of pain in Mr. Fuji. Oh, yeah. Greg Valentine says he doesn't need uh, an axe or scissors. Exactly. Because he's the hammer. He doesn't say that. If he did, it would have been better. 
Barbarian and Warlord just breathing heavily while Fuji basically reiterates what he said earlier. Uh, we get Big John Stud. He's like, he's like, I guess he was hurt. He basically said, it's been a while, and that's kind of it. He's been gone from the WWF for a couple years at this point. Oh, really? Um, and he basically says, things have changed since I left, and Heenan will not be in my corner. So when he when he was in the WWF before, him and Andre were a tag team together, mm-hmm. basically under the Heenan family. And now Big John's back, and he's he's a face. He's turned good guy. Yeah, why not? Mr. Perfect declares 1989 the, the year, year of perfection. perfection. I like that he says that like it's like some guys are tall, some guys are short, and I'm like perfect or whatever. He does like a like a like what is it the three bears or whatever yeah. type shit. And then he's got no friends. You don't need any friends when you're perfect. Macho Man starts out his promo with. Freak out! Freak out! I know. What is that from? I, was like, I have no clue. I was like, but yeah. I yeah. He was it. listening to like some rock radio, I guess, beforehand. He says zillions of people. It's it's perfect, Macho Man. On top of the mountain, and I feel like I'm alone now. Is that what he says? Yeah. That's that's good. We then go back to Grill and Jesse. They're previewing the Rumble, and we go to Mean Gene in the back with Ted DiBiase, and Gene asks. Uh, you got a smile on your face, so you must be happy about something, DiBiase. When you got my kind of money, you can be as lucky as you want. <laughs> it's fucking good. Then Sean Mooney's with the Brain Busters, Andre and Bobby the Heenan. And Andre says, I've never lost a match so far, and I'm prepared to win. And then he tells the Brain Busters he will throw them out if they get in his way. Mm-hmm. And at one point, you see Arn starts whispering to Tully. Hmm. Foreshadowing? I would love to see... I mean, obviously, Andre's not in the best health here, but, like, see anybody, like, press slam Akeem. That would be pretty funny. Because <laughs> Akeem and is the... Never gonna uh, yeah, Akeem's, like, fucking the biggest. He's... Akeem the heavy... Who's the heaviest guy that was, like, a WWF, like... Andre? Like, outside of Andre, though. Big John Stud. He weighs more than Akeem. Akeem, so. Akeem is... For big motherfucker. I don't know. I don't know exactly. I don't either. I'm just like saying, like he's up there. And we're back to Mean Gene. This time he has Hulk Hogan, and Hogan says the Rumble will be the resurrection of Hulkamania. Hmm. He mentions his three commandments: the training, the praying, and the vitamins. vitamins. Was there ever Hulk Hogan vitamins like Flintstones vitamins? I'm sure there were. Yeah, I had to. Have I mean, like, yeah, I'm a little like too young to have had Hulk Hogan vitamins. If they existed. If they existed, I, I don't know. Gene then asks Hogan about what if him and Macho are there at the end. And Hogan says, who is the real champion? Macho will find out. Ooh, ominous. <laughs> yeah. WrestleMania 5 logo, ominous. ominous. Put them together. It's probably going to be pretty... Mm, wonder what's happening. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not Fourth sure. Fourth match. <laughs> the Royal... Rumble. Ugh, I. Uh, this is gonna be like half the show. It's like half the show. It's like half the. It's probably gonna be half our show too. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I hope. I hope that's true. So the rules of the Royal Rumble: every participant drew a number to determine when they would enter. Every two minutes, a new wrestler would enter. Every man for himself, and you can be eliminated by being thrown over the top rope. 
and onto, onto the, the floor. floor. Yeah, you can go over the top rope and stay on the uh, prawn. It was a change from last year because. Oh, was it just over the top rope? Last it, said, time? it just said over the top rope last year. Yeah. Well, you can add, like, it's easy to, it's really smart to be like, oh, the floor, because you can add a lot of drama that way. Exactly. So, number one is Acts of Demolition. And number two is Smash I of am Demolition. The Here comes the Smasher. I like their song. So, they're in the ring, and you're like thinking. In modern time WWF, they would just kind of chill out and wait for the next person, right? No. Even in modern day, they wouldn't. I mean, but, if well, they wouldn't ever. They wouldn't actually put two tag team partners. If in your the team, ring. if your team is called Demolition, you gotta, you gotta demolish, man. I feel they like literally take every man for himself, literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. And they attack each other right away. Yeah, of course. Why would they not? Smash with a scoop slam, a clothesline to put Axe down. Axe tries to throw Smash over the top rope, but Smash lands on the apron. Number three coming in, Andre the Giant. ATG. Demolition with quits fighting each other, sees Andre get in the ring and goes after him with a double clothesline, stomps and punches. Number four, Mr. Perfect. Everybody's brawling with on when Andre just grabs Smash by the head, throws him over the ropes to be eliminated. Axe tosses perfect shoulder first in the turnbuckle, but then gets choked by Andre. Uh, Andre, the choke machine. At this point, yes. <laughs> Number five, Ronnie Garvin. <sighs> Garvin comes in and with one punch, Andre gets tangled up. In the ropes, and everybody is working together to lift Andre over the ropes to no avail. Andre sitting on Axe, while Garvin and Perfect are choking the giant. That sit spot is pretty, like, nasty. Andre grabs Ronnie and Hennig and gives a double noggin knocker. Number six, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Hell yeah, I love that small face fuck. All four men working on Andre, but the giant just knocks them all back. Andre then hip tosses Garvin over the top rope to be eliminated. Is that the most labor intensive Andre spot? It might be. Number seven, Jake the Snake Roberts. Roberts comes in, goes right after Andre, and they're brawling with each other. Valentine's trying to hammer the back of Andre, but it does nothing to him. <laughs> the giant then chokes Roberts out, sits on him, and then shoulder blocks in the corner. Number eight. Outlaw Ron Bass, newly head shaven. Oh, yeah, yeah. He has, like, did he have OU trunks back in the day? No. Uh, he just had black uh, trunks with, like, horseshoes on them. Yeah, the horseshoes are still here. He had he was he had been feuding with Beefcake, and Beefcake had won a hair versus hair match. And that's why <laughs> He's, yeah, Bass's hair is cleaned up. all cleaned up. Andre grabs the tides of Roberts and just tosses him over the ropes to be eliminated. Bummer. Andre goes after Valentine, choking him in the corner. Number nine, one half of the Rockers, Shawn Michaels. Michaels. He gets a pretty good pop for fucking 89, early 89. Michael starts slamming Bass's head into the turnbuckle. Axe goes to give a clothesline to Mr. Perfect, but Hennig ducks and back body drops Axe to the floor to be eliminated. Perfect then throws Shawn over the top rope, but Michaels skins the cat. Uh, That's a great spot. One of my maybe one of my favorite spots from this match. Oh, where are you, Steamboat? Hmm. Out there raising kids, being a good man. 
A drop kick by Michaels sends Perfect over the top rope, but gets tangled up instead. So instead of going to the floor, he's still in. Number 10, one half of the Bushwhackers, Butch. The Bushwhackers, Butch and Luke, who we'll talk about later, they are WWE Hall of Famers. And this is the first time we've seen them. Jake Roberts comes running down the entryway, throws Damien into the ring. And as soon as Andre sees Damien, he, he just fucking tells it out of the there. ring. And it's very fun. I think that it's really smart because we've already, like, this might be one of the more intelligent things in this match. Because, like, Andre can't go. No. He can't go. We already know he's scared of snakes. Jake is going to get a pop whether he wins or loses. Pop the crowd. He's going to get a pop when he comes back. Andre's, Andre's never lost a, a, a battle royal match. No. So he eliminates himself, himself because he's deathly afraid so he of snakes. doesn't give anyone else a yeah. rub. And honestly, it. like when the camera's on him when he's like leaving uh, like uh, to, the, to the back, yeah. Andre looks fucking exhausted. Yeah. He is fucking donezo. Robert grabs Damien. They leave and everyone goes back to brawling. Number 11, Honky Tonk Man. Hell yeah. Everyone just continues boo. to brawl. That was what everybody did when Honky Tonk came out. They and we get boo. number 12, one half of Strike Force, Tito Santana. Uh, Chico. Chico, exactly. I love Tito. We're at that point in the match where everyone's just kind of brawling around, waiting for the next big Yeah, moment, you basically. might see a spot in one corner or the other, but none of them are like particularly spectacular because there's too many people in there, so why waste a bump? Number 13, Bad News Brown. We see Tito and Bushwhacker Butch team up to toss Honky Tonk Man over to be eliminated. And then Michaels goes to the top rope, comes down with fists to both Bad News and Bass. Number 14, the other half of the Rockers, Marty Jannetty. With Gennetti. the drop kick, Marty Jannetty. The Rockers double team, Irish whip, back elbow, and drop kick, Ron Bass over. Yeah, Marty Jenny comes in there, they get all their shit in, and they get all their shit in on Ron Bass, and he goes over because it's Ron Bass. He wasn't going to win, guys. I'm sorry. Tito with the flying forearm on Valentine. Santina picks up the hammer, but can't quite get him over the rope. Number 15, Macho, macho man, man, Randy Savage. He's not just Macho Man. He is your heavyweight champion, Macho Man, Randy fucking Savage. Savage goes right after Bad News, as them two have kind of been feuding over the last couple months. Bad News is like generic heel. Exactly. He's like, he's perfect generic heel. Savage goes to the second rope and comes off with a double axe handle on Valentine. Number 16, one half of the Brain Busters, the man. Arn Anderson. Savage back body drops Valentine over to be eliminated. Anderson goes right after Sean, tries for a scoop slam, but Michaels floats over and hits a super kick. Macho Man and Arn Anderson then team up to double clothesline Sean over the top rope to be eliminated. That's a lot of beef. Why is Macho teaming up with a heel? I mean, to put Sean out. One less man. Every man for himself, mm -hmm. right? You got it. Janetti with a big right hand off the second rope to Arn. Arn then climbs to the top rope, which seems like a dumb idea in an over-the-top rope Royal Rumble. But Marty recovers and gives a right hand, and you would think that would send Anderson out. No, he just crotch chops, or like does the junk shot. 
You see Bushwhack, Bushwhacker Butch marching, doing the little Bushwhacker march in the ring. Why were the Bushwhackers, like, is there a point in time where there's a stable where it's, like, Hacksaw's dumbass and both Bushwhackers? I doubt it. Well, they make a lot of sense together. The thing with the Bushwhackers is they were, they used to be called the Sheep Herders back in, like, territory days, and they were actually in the NWA for a while. Huh. And they were heels, like, bad, like, nasty heels. Yeah. And when they went to the WWF, there was too many heel tag teams. Yeah. So Vince turned them into a comedy duo, basically, and they're Hall of Famers. I have no opinion about it, really. It's like, mm, I don't hate them the way that I hate Duggan. I wouldn't say that I hate them at all. Remember the movie Bushwhacked? Uh, I think I've seen it. With Daniel Stern. It's basically like like Home Alone, but there's only one guy, and they didn't have any money, so they just shot it on the side of a hill. <laughs> I rented it as a kid, and I probably liked it. Number 17 is the other half of the Brain Busters, Tully Blanchard. Ugh. Tully attempts an atomic drop, but Janetti blocks and gives a clothesline. And the Brain Busters team up to Irish Whip Marty, and Arn gives a Spine Buster! Dude, that fucking Spine Buster. Arn's, Arn's Spine Buster. It's so good. Arn Anderson is, uh, as the kids say, daddy, though. Tully follows up with multiple elbow drops. And Marty's hanging on by his toes on the ropes. It's fucking cool. It's very fun and very innovative for him to do that. And the Blanchard's finally able to push him to the floor to be eliminated. And it looks like Tully actually, like, lands on his hands on the floor, but then, like, pulls, like pushes himself back uh, up so he yeah. doesn't eliminate. Number 18... That. Hulk Hogan. Brother. Hulk saves Savage from Mr. Perfect and then just tosses Hennig over to be eliminated. But Mr. Perfect did have a new longevity record. Broke Bret Hart's record from the the previous year. Uh, The record is now at 27 minutes and 58 seconds. Wait. Isn't Axe still in? Or both both of them? No, both Uh, Axe and Smash are gone. I missed one. I feel like Axe stuck around for a while. Smash went out pretty early. Hogan with the double noggin knocker on the Brain Busters begins choking bad news with his bandana. Santana is then eliminated by Macho and Arn Anderson. Macho just keeps teaming up with Arn Anderson to eliminate people. I mean, if we were in a bar fight, would you pick fucking? I'd pick Arn Anderson I'd over Arn some Anderson over too. some of these guys. He just has That's a look. True. He's got a look about him. That's very true. Hogan's being attacked by everybody, and Savage is dealing with Bushwhacker Butch. Number 19, the other half of the Bushwhackers, Luke. Bad news with a headbutt to Bushwhacker Butch, and then lifts him, with a little bit of help from Hogan, over the ropes to be eliminated. Hulk then with the press slam and tries to throw Tully out, but he goes into the ropes instead of over the rope. Hogan with a double noggin knocker on Blanchard and on Bushwhacker Bushwhacker Luke. Bushwhacker. Elbow to the head of arm (laughs) before an Irish whip and the big boot from Hulk. Number 20 is Coco Beware. Ware with drop kicks on Luke and Arn. And Arn goes to the top rope, but is caught by Hulk, who press slams him back into the ring. Hogan picks Coco up and dumps him over the ropes to be eliminated. Coco got a bad rap in this match. He, he gets like one really great drop kick, but he's an amazing, he's an amazing at drop kicks. And he, he gets a pretty good pop. He doesn't bring his bird because... What's Frankie going to do in Royal Rumble? The managers can't be at ringside, bro. <sighs> but they, they come they do come in. They come to the ring, and but then they, they leave. leave. Oh, man. Who's going to take, take Frankie back to the back? 
I need Frankie. Is he gonna, is he gonna fly yeah. back? Oh, you know what I would love? Frankie Cam. Where there's Frankie. like it, now we could do it now because they make cameras that small where you have a camera on Frankie and you just let him loose in like MSG, <laughs> <laughs> and you just check in with him. It's kind of like the blimp style back in the, back in the nineties, late nineties. Frankie Vision. Frankie, yeah, dude. Frank, I want Frankie Vision. Hulk then does the same thing to Bushwhacker Luke by picking him up and throwing him over the ropes as well. Number 21, one half of the Powers of Pain, Warlord. The Brain Busters Irish whip Hulk and go for a double clothesline, but Hulk is so strong, he clotheslines them in the middle of the ring and drives them all the way over the ropes for them both to be eliminated. For real? Literally, he hits them (laughs) in the middle of the ring. Warlord is finally to the ring, gets on the apron, and stops to pose. Steps into the ring, and Hulk is right there with the clothesline to send him to the floor to be eliminated. It's really weird to me that like Warlord would pose. It doesn't make any sense. I don't like it. That's all I'm saying. So the official time for Warlord is two seconds, which is now he's taken the record for shortest time ever in a rumble from Junkyard Dog. Well, who was in for like two minutes? In yeah, the yeah, previous yeah, yeah. I remember. He, but Junkyard got pops in that match, though. He did. Bad news is trying to dump Savage when Hogan comes over to lift Brown over, but Savage ends up going out as well, and Bad News and Macho are eliminated, and Hogan's the only person still in the ring. Savage rolls back in the ring and pushes Hulk in the back, and he's hot in arguing with Hogan. Elizabeth then comes running down and gets in between them, makes them shake hands, and they hug. Yeah, he like puts that hand out. Macho Man is so good at being paranoid because I'm pretty sure Big Papa Papo was a paranoid man his whole life. And then all of a sudden, number 22, one half of the Twin Towers, Big Boss Man. Roundhouse rights, clotheslines, multiple elbow drops from Hogan. A scoop slam and an Irish whip, but it's reversed, and Boss Man with an avalanche splash in the corner. Big Boss Man with a pile driver, a scoop slam, and goes for a splash in the middle of the ring, but Hulk moves. Pile drivers should mean more. They should. I'm just saying. They mean more now than they did at this point in time. Yeah. But it's like, yo. You just hit the top of your head. Yeah, it's a fucking pile driver, man. Number 23. The other half of the Twin Towers, Akeem. The African fucking dream. Hogan tosses the towers into each other and then scoop slams Akeem. Boss Man rakes the eyes and the towers start pounding on Hulk. Big Boss Man picks Hogan up to throw him over, but Hulk grabs the top rope to keep from being thrown over. Hogan with the double noggin knocker on the towers and then with the side suplex on Boss Man. Akeem tosses Hogan to the corner, then Irish whips Boss Man into Hulk, followed by an avalanche splash of his own. The towers then grab Hogan and throw him over to be eliminated. Hulk grabs Boss Man by the legs, drags him out to the floor, slams his head on the ring bell, and then hits Boss Man in the back with a chair. You know, like some stuff that a face would do? Total face moves. (laughs) I was very like, what the? F-? I was like, it was it was fucking cool, but like yeah, it was cool. It's fucking cool, but it's like I don't understand why he's the, not the bad guy because he says prayers and vitamins. Akeem's out on the floor now, attacking Hulk as well. Number twenty four, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, 
And he comes running out, goes right after Akeem, rolls him back into the ring. Hogan's trying to get back into the ring, but the officials are chasing him off the apron. Again, you lost. Go, Go away. away. Please, thank you. Bossman goes to come off the ropes, but Hulk grabs the ropes, and Bossman goes over to be eliminated. Hulk and Bossman fight each other all the way down the entryway. And the Bossman thing, it's like, I mean, he, we, we, that's a storyline that's been going on for like eight months now. Yeah. So Hogan has the new record for eliminations now. Yeah, because he just cleared the fucking ring like a piece of fucking fuck that. With ten. Ten eliminations That's a is lot. the new record. That That's one-third of the people one in the match, match. Exactly. and I hate it. Number 25 is the Red Rooster, Terry Taylor. We get a second rope double axe handle from Beefcake to Akeem. The Barber and the Rooster are working together on Akeem. Number 26, the other half of the Powers of Pain, Barbarian. You see Akeem with an Air Africa on Rooster. Oh, you mean the 747? Yeah. Air Africa is very funny. Akeem, the African dream, is obviously from South Africa because that man is by no means uh, a black man. Number 27 is Big John Stud. Everybody's brawling. Number 28 is Hercules. Lots of attempts trying to get people over the top rope. Number 29, the other half of Strike Force, Rick Martell. Still everybody's brawling. Number 30. You just jumped like 10 minutes. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Ooh, you think he paid for that? With Virgil. Hell yeah. Virgil's staying at ringside, even though all the other managers have had to go back to the locker rooms. You know why? Because he's a bodyguard. Because money. Oh, not a manager. Boy, yeah. That's what Jesse tells us. Because Jesse fucking, because Jesse reads between the lines. That's right. DiBiase tosses Rooster to the turnbuckle, and Taylor does the flare flip to the floor to be eliminated. Hercules is working over a million-dollar man with a bunch of clotheslines, and then with a bear hug on Beefcake, but the barber escapes by clapping the ears and then locks on a sleeper. Million-dollar man and Barbarian team up to throw Hercules and Brutus over the ropes to be eliminated. Barbarian with a running power slam on Martel and goes to the top rope to hit a falling headbutt. Barbarian comes off the ropes to give Martel a clothesline, but Rick ducks and then drop kicks Barbarian over to be eliminated. There's a moment in this show where I was like, oh my god. Like, spoiler alert, rumble matches aren't necessarily my thing. Grill Monsoon and I had the same exact thing. I was taking notes and I said Tito Santana, but Tito Santana had already been eliminated and it was Rick Martel and Grilla also called him Tito Santana and then course corrected to say that it was not him because Did Jesse not correct him say Chico got No 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 yeah Jesse yeah Jesse did not but like Grilla was like oh maybe maybe he did but the yeah it was like it's like oh okay I've just had a bit of enough and like yeah it's like ah oh, sorry Rick but like Tito Tito Santana's a bigger name than Rick Martel. Yes. So, like, you know, good for Rick Martel for being in there that late, but they both have white gear on and uh, are similar builds and both great performers, but Gorilla and I both had the same problem. <laughs> like, with that spot where I was like, oh, it's Tito. And it wasn't Tito. Nope. And it was we, Martel. We found out together. So our final four is Rick Martel, Akeem, Big John Studd, and Ted DiBiase. <laughs> How lucky are those guys? <laughs> like, like when 
has there been a Royal Rumble that doesn't have a like top top guy? I guess DiBiase is like it's hard to tell like top four, you know, at this I time mean, period. Team's been in the main event scene. DiBiase's been in the because main he's event big. DiBiase is the biggest name. I mean, at this point, yes. Yeah. Big John Studs. I mean, he's he just came back. back and he looks really good. And I feel like that this is like them leading to a Big John Stud like attempt of a run or something. Yeah. But or like you know to push him, but obviously I don't think it works out well. No, not really. As we'll see in future episodes. Akeem goes for an avalanche splash in the corner, but Martel moves and starts giving the African dream multiple drop kicks. <laughs> Martel then goes for a crossbody, but Akeem catches him and dumps him over the ropes to be eliminated. Akeem and DiBiase team up to wear Big John down with double axe handles, shoulder blocks, and an avalanche splash. And Akeem goes for a second splash, but Stud grabs DiBiase in front of him to take the majority of the blow. Big John then gives a clothesline to the back of Akeem to send him over the ropes to be eliminated. So we got Stud and DiBiase as our final two. Million Dollar Man saying he will pay Big John. Fuck yeah, he will. But Stud's having none of it. DiBiase rakes the eyes, goes to the second rope, but Big John grabs him by the throat and slams him into the turnbuckle. Stud with a body slam, butterfly suplex, a gut wrench suplex. The gut wrench doesn't really land very well. The gut wrench doesn't look. Oh, well, the, the, the butterfly, butterfly looks amazing, really yeah. Good. But the second one is like, ah, maybe like maybe you needed another second. Switch those. Yeah, <laughs> but like the gut wrench was like, ah, because I love a gut wrench suplex, and Big John Stud is a big guy, yeah. And like I want if he could have just nailed both of those suplexes. A clothesline and then tosses DiBiase over the ropes to be eliminated, and Big John Stud is the winner of the Royal Rumble. And that was a surprise to me. <laughs> I did not expect that. But what a good push for him, to, like coming back off of like uh, an injury or maybe a firing. I think it was more of an injury. He had, he had some back issues and stuff. Yeah. Like that. So post match, Virgil jumps in the ring and attacks Stud, who just no sells the attack. And Big John works over Virgil before tossing him from the ring as well. And we had to grill and Jesse. They say their goodbyes mm-hmm. and one more time for that WrestleMania Five logo. And then we get a video package for the evening. We do. Uh, why was Virgil? Never, like, he's a big, fit dude. I assume he came from, like, the, like, bodybuilding. Bodybuilding thing. Yeah, but, like, why was he not trained? Like, the guy can take a bump, but, like, a guy that big can fucking fall. Because he's fucking huge, and you're just like, ah, well, okay. But, like, why didn't Virgil ever get his go? Because Virgil's definitely, like, Ted DiBiase is, like, a man's man kind of vibe. But Virgil is, like, Virgil could, like, rip DiBiase's head off. (laughs) <laughs> like he's not super tall but that Virgil is a fucking fit man justice for Virgil so Michael Temple yes what were your overall thoughts of Royal Rumble 89 I don't love Rumble matches I don't I think everything else was fun I think the Rumble match was fine it wasn't fun for me I think that after watching a Starcade show that had some matches like that were on par or better mm-hmm. and i appreciate like just i appreciate the amount of money that wwf has because their shows look better it was just nice to have somebody talk about a match in an interesting way to sell any kind of storyline inside of a match in an interesting way for them to be the devil and angel on your shoulder even if you and you get to decide is 
just makes everything so much more entertaining. The commentary was really good. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's fucking Jesse and Grilla and, like, holy crap. So, my opinion on Rumble shows. I I know you love them. I love Royal Rumbles. But a Rumble show, overall, is only as good as the Rumble. Mm-hmm. And I don't like this Rumble. This either. Rumble was two-thirds good. So, you had the storytelling at the very beginning. Yeah. Of, like, basically, you can split this up almost into each ten... Like, the first ten participants, the second ten participants, and the third ten participants. Yeah. So the first ten is basically telling the story of trying to get Andre out. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Jake the Snake, Andre feud. To push Andre feuded. out to start the second act. It, it feuds. That, that feud is continued, mm-hmm. and it eliminates Andre. And then you have this whole, like, little little bit of a lull until Macho... Macho gets out there, yeah, and then he gets Hulk, his five minutes, and then Hulk comes in. He gets Hulk five minutes gets out there, and then Hulk starts just destroying everybody. And then you have, like, the but Hulk, Macho gets five, and Hulk gets ten. And then you have, but you have that Hogan Macho interaction. Mm-hmm. That's and great. It's and important. And the next person out is number twenty-two. Mm-hmm. So then you have you have eight people about to come in this ring. When the reason people are wanting to see this match were Macho and Macho and Hogan, it's fucking genius. Well, the problem is though is that the people at the end, the last five people in this match, or the last five people that come into this ring, nobody cares about. No one cares about. I mean, As, keep... so the crowd was dead after the Hogan Macho interaction, basically. But what that does is like whoever ends up winning, it pushes them. But it also sells the next WWF anything. I mean, I guess, but they're just the crowd's dead for the very end of this match because they yeah they don't really care about Big John Stud. And no, and I mean he just came back. So like literally, if you if you move the Macho Hogan stuff to closer to the end, and maybe maybe they're part of the final six. Yeah, and that whole interaction happens. Then you have like five minutes of everybody just going crazy eliminations. Yeah, well, you definitely don't and want. You, e- could, you could still yeah. have Big John win. Yeah, you definitely don't want either of them to win. But you don't want. Yeah, you don't want either one of them to win because you don't. Are you just saying they uh, they like not to be gross, but they fucking they blew their wad too early with that Basically. with that like kind kind of tension, and now you get the end of the match where I was just like, okay, okay. Yeah. Basically. The women's match and the pose down, those aren't things that should have been on a pay per view. No, but, but they're not. They're, they I'm not. I'm not mad at them, but my notes are thin. Exactly. I said it earlier. The Haku Harley Race match is an old school type match. I loved it. It's very. It's it's very good. I agree. It's the. I mean, it's kind of the best match on the show. I, I agree. I mean, I love the storytelling that they did in the Rumble, mm-hmm. but the Rumble itself wasn't great, just... and, and, and the ending hurt it. Yeah. Hurt it completely. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? There. All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we spark it up. All right. So, best moments. I mean, I love I love Snake, Jake the Snake, oh, throwing, yeah, throwing yeah. Damon in. I mean, we talked about it for a minute there earlier. Snake, yeah, snake, the like, snake moment's great. It made total sense because no one should be able to eliminate Andre. So he eliminates himself because he's scared of the snake. It's yeah. perfect storytelling. Yeah, it doesn't it bury furthers Andre. furthers the feud between the two that we'll see the culmination of 
at WrestleMania. So it was great. I mean, but, the Hart Foundation uh, doing USA Chance is very funny. Uh, La Bomb de Rougeau move yeah, that's was very great. Good. Uh, the two slingshots, slingshot splashes that the Hart Foundation do on Jacques to win the second pin yeah. was great. The slingshot splashes are so fucking fun. It's such a great move. They're fucking dumb, but they're so fun. I mean, that's basically all of wrestling. But uh, the uh, Bret Hart, when he's... Um, the crab walk. The crab walk. When he's like in the Boston Crab and he's like powering himself to the corner. I love that. I love that spot. It's fucking... It's and it exciting. Was, and then it was made even better... When Jesse fucking the, pumps it up? Well, by the heel interference so they don't see the hot tag. Yeah. I love that spot, but it was even better in this, in this match just... Because they told a, they a little more story. Yeah, a little bit more story in it. The Rumble... I mean, I kind of feel like I, like I said, it was two thirds good. I liked mm. the first and second yeah. half. Once, once all the big names were out of it, it was just kind of like, okay, let's just get to the end because, and I really felt like they, they probably wanted to go out on a face, face winning, and I think they were going to give Big John Studd a, a, a push of some sort. I would have liked to have, to have given the win to DiBiase. Yeah, so I would have loved the DiBiase win. DiBiase was the best, the best guy that was in the ring. At the end, out of the final four, or even probably out of the final, but like yeah, out of the but, final like ten people but that were like, in the ring. They're, they're like, but WWF doesn't do, it doesn't end shows with heels. At this point, they don't. No, or do they? We'll it's find fun. out at WrestleMania Five, maybe. Maybe I don't know. I've never seen this. I mean, we'll talk more about that later. But uh, how about disappointing? Anything disappointing on this show? I mean, you don't maybe. really care for the Rumble. Like I, I, uh, it gets a benefit of doubt because these are, like that style of match is newer, and I know that no matter how I feel about it, it was very difficult to put together. So like I have respect for it, but as far as like me being entertained, I'm fucking good. I don't know. I liked the undercard. I liked like the things they did with the story with stories for guys in the rumble, but. I, overall, I could have stopped the show before the Rumble match and like been like, oh, that was a good hour and a half. That was fun. That's understandable. I'm just going to repeat myself a little bit here. Disappointing is just the end of the Rumble match. The The women's match was not... I, I didn't like the women's yeah, it wasn't. Match. It wasn't great, but it was something different, and it didn't It didn't go on. The, the, I mean, it went on for six minutes, but it felt like it was longer. Than oh, that. no, for me it was fine. To I, me, it just felt like forever. Yeah, it didn't. it didn't bog me down. What bogged me down was everybody stretching each other across the fucking. I mean, I didn't like okay. Sherry's. I didn't like Sherry's commentary during yeah. that match either. Yeah, it wasn't very good, but it was fine. It didn't bother me. What bothered me was everybody stretching each other across the fucking turnbuckle for fucking ten minutes, and then somebody getting dumped out uh, for an hour and a fucking half. How about best performer of the night? Haku Harley Race. Har- yeah, Haku Harley Race. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Bret Hart. Well, he is the. Best there ever. Best yeah. there ever was. There was not... I don't really feel like there was anything stand out. There's nothing on that I would show. go... You need to watch the show to see. No. I mean... Uh, I there's mean, moments. There's moments. Yeah. But there's no like... There's no like, what the fuck? There's no like... There's there's no like, that's perfect wrestling. You can't like point no, to anything no, on the show no, and be no, like, no. that's that's the good shit. You're like, some of the shit is good. But you can't point at it and be like... This is how you tell somebody why this thing that we love is good. Yeah. Like, there's no underlining, like, 
this is wrestling yeah. moment. Which I would say that there is on the last NWO show we watched. There's moments like that on that show where there's like a match and it's like, hey, if you, if this doesn't... It's WCW now, sir. Man, that's not what they said, though. But if they, like, if there's, like, you could point to a match and be like, if there's not something that you liked about this, then, like, then it's just not for you. But here, there's no match where I'm like, oh, well, this match is so good that if you find, like, that, yeah, like, if nothing here works for you, then it's never going to work. It's very middle of the road. I said it was two-thirds good. So I'm like, technically, that kind of puts it in the BC category. I mean, I I don't feel like it was a great show. Yeah. This would definitely not be the Royal Rumble I would tell everybody to go watch. No. I would say it would be half good if the commentary was Tony Schiavone and Bob Cottom. It probably wouldn't be. It would probably be an unwatchable show if they were (laughs) doing commentary. But like, it's like, yeah, it's like, to me, it's like a half good show, but like, the two, if if I'm going to meet you at the two thirds, then it's because of uh, Jesse and Gorilla entertaining me when I am not entertained or when I don't care about something. Them not necessarily making me care, but making me at least like perk my ears up. How about surprising? I'm surprised. Big that John Studd won. That Big was John very. That was fucking huge surprise. Um, that Haku and Harley Race had such a great match. I was surprised they had a match at all. I mean, honestly, no. I was surprised that there was a. A Harley Race match on singles match on this show, but uh, Big John Stud was the biggest surprise for me. It was like that he won the Royal Rumble. Was a, if you asked me before I watched the show, I would not have guessed Big John Stud. I mean, you gave I, me all the names. I totally would have guessed Hogan or Savage. I mean, Hogan Savage or DiBiase or even Big Boss Man. Put Boss Man or Akeem over. You yeah, know, maybe. I mean, I, w- I don't think I would assume Akeem, but like. I would I I could see Akeem before but he was at least in that main event I could see Akeem before uh, Stud, but like that would have been like my biggest. It's like oh, Big John Stud won the Royal Rumble. That's easily the biggest uh, surprise. Yeah. And now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The dusty finish. Promoters across the country had followed the examples set forth by the Gold Dust Trio. And Jack Hurley. Business was beginning to pick up in the wake of World War II. By 1948, Tootsmont had brought wrestling back to Madison Square Garden for the first time in 12 years. The headliner by this time was a pioneer in creating the arrogant wrestling heel, Gorgeous George. George was a proud, defiant villain and drew massive crowds, hoping to see him humbled. Even Muhammad Ali credits George as the inspiration behind his more combative public persona. But 1948 also saw an even more earth-shattering event, the founding of the NWA. Next week, main event two. two. 47 minutes of gold. So to find it on the network, (laughs) you most likely will have to go find the Saturday night main events, go to 1989, and then go to 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 February, and it's... Yeah, it's like the second to last episode or whatever. Yeah. So I think the way they did the Saturday Night Main Event, there'd be like, it was in like the off season of same time slot as Saturday Night Live, but it was the off season for Saturday Night Live and they would have the main events and, or Saturday Night Main Event, but then like basically the season finale or like right before the last episode, they would have a thing called the the main event. The main event was on Friday night and and it was a live show. 
Okay. So like Saturday, this night didn't have a live feel. Saturday night main event was a taped show. Usually yeah, yeah, they, yeah. So they could edit it down. But it's to the same the thing. Time. And that was on Saturday, so the main event was on Friday. It was, and it was a the Friday live night one. thing, and it was a live show. So and they piped it in for the last the couple of years. They did it. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. So the music from this week's show is the theme song from Royal Rumble '89, and Big John Studd won the Royal Rumble. So let's give a shout out to Jim Johnston who we'll hear a lot of his themes in the near future. <laughs> he wrote this one, the stud theme, and you're hearing that right about now. I don't, what is that, how does the stud theme go? Uh, listen to the episode, you'll find out. I just lived the episode. And if you like us, you want to tell us how we're doing, you know, put some five-star ratings and reviews out there for us. You can do that on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcoin, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can always email us at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at wrestlinghistox. That's wrestling, H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week.